Father, we thank you that we can be here this morning to hear your word. Uh, We thank you that you have preserved it for us, and we pray that as we read and hear it, that uh, the blessing of your Spirit would be upon us, giving us uh, insight and sealing these words to our hearts. Uh, We pray that you would use your word in our lives today, in Jesus' name. Amen. The scripture reading is uh, James chapter 1, beginning with verse 19. 19 to 27, uh, sermon text will be verses 22 to 25, but we'll read the, uh, the context. So this is the word of the Lord. It's like a light shining in a dark place. And so we give it our careful and reverent attention. Hear the word of the Lord. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, He is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away, and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father, is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. So far the reading of God's word. Uh, Please be seated. These are not idle words for you. They are your life. Uh, This was the warning that Moses uttered to the people of God in the Old Testament. He warned them of the importance of closely guarding and maintaining a proper attitude toward God's word. These are not idle words. They are your life. This morning, we're going to consider the relationship of the Christian in crisis to the Word of God. Over the past month, we've been learning how God uses trials and temptations to develop perseverance in the lives of His children. Uh, When we encounter hardships, the hardships which test our faith and uh, seem to be overwhelming to us, we sometimes forget that God is near And we are tempted to ignore or forget him and not recall his word. Uh, But we have learned as we've studied this first chapter of James that uh, we should rage uh, at the test of life. Uh, Or not to be angry, for this does not produce the righteousness of God, but uh, we've suggested that we learn to rage at the test of faith. Recognize God's purpose, ask for God's wisdom, 
gain God's perspective and expect God's answer. We've also learned how temptation arises from within us and entices us to do evil. And then we learn that we must change or that we must uh, rest and rely on the unchanging God who only gives good and complete gifts to his children. And now today we come to uh, this portion of Scripture and we learn that to be assured of God's blessing, we need to put God's Word into practice. Remind you that here James is addressing the children of the Lord. He is addressing Christians. He's not uh, telling us how we can become Christians, how we come into God's family, but these are rules of the family, um, rules which um, he has given for the children of the Lord. And the first is this, that we are to beware of a casual attitude towards the Word of God. Beware of a casual attitude toward God's Word. The focus of the verses which we read uh, was and is the Word of God. Don't be doers of the Word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For somebody is a hearer only and not a doer. He's like someone who looks intently at his face in the mirror and then goes away and forgets. The Word of the Lord is the focus. So, what is the Word of God? What's he talking about? Well, to an Old Testament believer, the Word of God was how the universe came into being. God spoke His Word, and the world was created. Another Old Testament concept was uh, having to do with the children of Israel in Exodus 19 and 20. Israel had been delivered from the bondage of Egypt by Moses, who spoke God's word for him. At Mount Sinai, God summoned his people to a holy convocation and formally ratified his covenant with men, uh, with his people Israel. And as we read in chapter 20 of Exodus, verse 1, God spoke all these words, and then he imposed upon uh, them the stipulations of the covenant. We know these stipulations as the Ten Commandments. God gave Ten Commandments. Actually, in Hebrew, ten words. The Jews called that, and the Greeks called that, the Decalogue, ten words. This is direct communication from God. So, the Jewish uh, person, an Old Testament Jew, had all of this in his mind when he heard word of God. To a first century Jew, he would have all of that information, and he would also think of the entire revelation of God up to that point. To a follower of Jesus, the word would also remind him of the teaching of Jesus regarding the sanctifying truth. He would recall the words of the Savior, sanctify them in truth, your word is truth. Jesus also taught, blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. And now James, addressing Christians in crisis, refers to the word of God. In chapter 1, verse 18, he speaks of the word of truth, which gives life. 
and comes from the unchanging and ever faithful Father of lights. In verse 21, the Word has the uh, literally the dynamite to save souls. And in verse 25, the Word is the perfect law which gives freedom. And so, to us, when we think about the Word of God, we refer to the entire Bible. It's all that God has commanded and revealed about Himself through His prophets, apostles, and especially through His Son, the Lord Jesus. And as we look at this passage, we see that God says there are basically two ways of thinking about His Word. Uh, what are they? Well, listen and identify them. Do not merely listen to the Word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. What are the two possibilities? One is that you can respond with indifference and ignore it. Or you can respond with commitment and obedience. This is a theme of the teaching of Jesus. He spoke of two responses to his teaching. In the Sermon on the Mount, he said, Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like the wise man who built his house on a rock. The rains fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall. But the foolish man built his house on the what? The sand. You know the children's song, don't you? The wise man built his house on the rock. The foolish man built his house on the sand. And the rains came. And the floods came. And what happened? There was a great crash. So we can respond with reverence and obedience or we can ignore the Word of God. And these verses from James give us a very solemn warning against ignoring the Word of God, against being a casual hearer of God's Word. You are probably familiar with being a casual hearer. Those of us who are husbands have all been in situations where our wives yeah, the wives are now looking at their husbands, you know. Um, yeah, happy Father's Day, man. This is for you. <laughs> so, um, you know, where our wives or someone else has told us something, and it goes in one ear and comes out the other because we're a little bit preoccupied. I'm thinking one time, especially when my wife told me uh, she was going to such and such a spot in the store, and I was preoccupied, and she took off, and um, so I finished my business. And I thought, now, where am I supposed to meet her? Hmm. So uh, I wandered around the store for about 30 minutes or so and then uh, finally meet up with her. Why? Because I'm a casual here. I'm not paying attention. Now, in everyday life, usually this isn't that critical, but when it comes to our attention and our reverence, for God's word, ignorance is disastrous. When we speak of a casual attitude towards God's word, we speak of a casual 
and irreverent attitude toward God himself. And this is more serious than we may think. And James is here warning us about indifference to God and to his word. And he tells us a couple of things. One, that indifference to God's word is deceptive. It's deceptive. Be not doers or be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Indifference is deception. Uh, this deceiving is misjudging, miscalculating, fooling yourself by faulty reasoning. The idea of the word literally is to talk along the side of, a double talk we would call it. It's having a false perception of reality. So I'm thinking of my girls as they're growing up, and one of the family heirlooms that we had was this bridal dress, which has been used for many, many years playing make-up or make-believe. And so they uh, drag out this tattered bridal gown and imagine themselves to be a beautiful bride going down the aisle. When in reality, they have this beat up, tattered, dirty looking, old fashioned bridal gown. Harmless self deception. But it, when it comes to the Word of God, Indifference is disastrous. It's more like thinking about the warning on a package of cigarettes. This won't hurt me. It might not hurt you right now, but it will. We build up these indifferences, don't we? A few months ago, I was uh, traveling in Vermont uh, and uh, trying to get back to here. And uh, we were looking for a road, and I saw, saw it on the map, and so I started down this road. Um, obviously, Judy was driving, and there, we came to a sign. It says, Bridge Out. Um, didn't know where the bridge was, and I could see on the map that it was not that much farther before we have to make our turn. So he was like, I wonder if we can make it. So we proceeded down the road, and guess what? We went along fine for a while. But we finally came to the place where the bridge was out, and we couldn't go any farther. And that's the way indifference to God's Word is. It seems like we can get away with it for a while. And maybe we can. But sooner or later, it's disastrous. Second thing John's reminds us, or James reminds us here is indifference to God's word produces a temporary sense of security. You see that with the road illustration. You know, you think, oh boy, I made it. You know, I'm going to make it to, to where I want to turn, but it's not. Uh, James puts it a little bit differently. He, he says, if someone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. He looks at himself and goes away and forgets at once what he was like. And so he's uh, listening to God's word like a passing look in a mirror. The idea for looking here is just a glance. 
It's like it doesn't pay attention. But the one who looks intently at God's Word is more like the teenager who's waiting to see if he needs to shave yet. He's looking in the mirror, you know, trying to find out if he's got a mustache or not. Two ways of looking. But it's possible even to look intently and then forget. Forget what sort of person you are. Forget what you've learned that you are in the eyes of God. And then you go on your way and you forget what you have seen. My friends, God does not speak to us of trivialities. The Lord here is addressing vital issues of life, matters of life and death, matters of eternal life and eternal death. And so I ask you, what is your attitude toward the Word of God? Are you indifferent? Or are you serious? Do you pay attention to what God says? Or not? The Bible is very clear. The Word of God brings changes. It's implanted in you and it has power. More about that in a minute. But before we get there, I want to exhort you that it is foolish not to obey God's Word. God has revealed wisdom and truth to us. And he has put you in the position where you are even now hearing God's Word. And he tells you to pay careful attention to it. And in our human natures, we have this terrible tendency to ignore God. So I'm thinking of a friend of mine, a man that I've known for years, born and raised into a Christian home, brought up in the ways of the Lord. And yet he entered into a marriage with an unbelieving woman. He knew and was warned about the dangers of it. He was warned by his pastor. He was warned by his parents. He was warned by his church. He was warned by his Christian friends. But he rationalized or shook him around. God would use him to convert her. And he ignored God's word. And sadly, he has lived a life of pain and sorrow. To this day, he is praying for the salvation of his wife and the conversion of their unsaved children. Beware. Do not have a casual attitude towards the Word of God. Rather, be zealous to obey the Word of God. Be doers of the Word. Be doers of the Word and not hearers only. The idea here is to continually make a habit of doing the Word. Literally, become a doer of the Word. Make a habit of doing 
the Word. Make doing the Word the main characteristic of your life. This Word has power. Verse 21, Put away filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted Word which is able to save your souls. The implanted Word is able. This word able is the word dynamite. This word has the dynamite to save your souls. It also means dynamo, which expresses the idea not only of explosive power, but also continuous, ongoing, lasting power, which is able to expel all filth and abundant wickedness in your lives. God's plan and will to rescue rebellious sinners is revealed only in this powerful word. And this is the theme of the Bible. God saves sinners. Now, remember that we are speaking to the children of the Lord. We're not speaking of how a person becomes a Christian. And so when we read and hear exhortations to obey God, to follow Him, to follow a certain course of action, these are directives for God's family. To come into God's family, you need to understand that you need God, that you have rebelled against Him, that there's no way you can do all that He requires, but that you have a Savior who does, and a Savior who has, and a Savior who has made up for your shortcomings. He has paid for your guilt on the cross. And His obedience counts for those who trust only in what He has done. And so when we hear these exhortations, we realize on the one hand, there's no way we can measure up. But praise the Lord, we have a Savior. His name is Jesus. He has done this for us. And He has brought us into God's family. And now, what does God require of us? He wants us to obey Him. To follow the family rules. To be like Abraham, the example of faith. Faith in action is obedience to the Word of God. And what James is emphasizing here is doing God's Word. Now, how are you as a Christian to put this into practice? In the first place, you're to learn what to do. Learn what to do. And so we're instructed to look intently. Don't be a hearer only. Don't merely listen. But listen. Hear God's Word. We all need to be instructed by the Word of God. Verse 24 uses the term to look intently. This is a different word from the passing glance. This word means to scrutinize, literally to bend over and look. And so, at the tomb on that first Easter, John and Peter looked into the tomb. They ran there, they bent over, and they 
investigated, they confirmed that it was empty. Peter later used this word in the second epistle that he wrote, where he says, angels long to look into these things, scrutinize, investigate, look into things. Recently, I've been looking into purchasing a home in Norfolk, Virginia. Uh, I have to do it long distance, so I go to a web page and look at it. And so I want to know all about this house. I want to know about this neighborhood. I want to know about the taxes. I want to know about the condition of the house. I want to know its proximity to where I might need to go. I want to know a lot of things about it. And so I investigate. I look into them. I scrutinize. I digest. I try to understand. I try to visualize. What am I doing? I'm looking intently into these things. And that's how God wants us to handle His Word. He wants us to read the Bible, but not casually. To pay it careful and reverent attention. To study it. To believe it. To ask questions. To discuss it. To come to church and to listen attentively. To go to Bible studies. To make it part of your life. Learning God's Word. It's God's message to you. You need God's insight for your life. And you need to be reminded again and again. When you think about it, you really do. You can say, well, I know that. Um, but do we really know it? Uh, we know it in our minds, but we need to get it into our hearts and into our lives. In the first place, we need to find out what God wants us to do. And we need to be reminded. And so, I would urge you to make it a priority to spend quality time with God and His Word. Fathers, fathers, it's your responsibility to raise your family in the nurture and instruction of the Lord. You have a responsibility to your family to encourage them in things of the Lord. To get your family to church. To read the Word of God and discuss it with your family. To involve yourselves in Bible studies. To learn. To learn what God wants you to do. And this really is the second highest priority in all of life. To learn what God wants. You say, wait a minute. The second, high, the second highest, I thought it was pretty high. Well, the first is related to it. And that is, guess what? Not only learn what to do, but then... Do it. Do it. Obey God's Word by obeying God. Or obey God by obeying God's Word. It's one and the same. And this is the highest priority in all of life. Be a, as James puts it here, a doer who acts. Continue to be doers of the Word. This is what might be called Realized learning. John envisions you putting into practice biblical principles which you have learned. Learn what to do. 
and do it. It's kind of like on-the-job training in the Christian life. Applying God's Word to your life. Finding out and doing. Suppose I enroll in an online course and I want to learn how to uh, design a website. I can read all about it. I can learn about the theory. Uh, I can know about the techniques. But to really know how to design a website, what do I need to do? I need to do it. I need to put that uh, knowledge into practice. It needs to be implemented. And that's what God is telling us. We need to learn from His Word and then we need to do it. James says, Receive with meekness the implanted Word which is able to save your souls. Humbly accept the Word of God implanted in you. This calls you to submit yourself to God's will. To recognize God's authority. As he started out, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Don't resist God's word. Don't explain it away. Don't become angry when it exposes your sin to you. But confess it. Go to the Lord. He loves you. He wants you to seek his forgiveness and his grace. And so be a doer who acts. Do a work. Here is a secret strategy. Do it one step at a time. You have a long way to go. But you can't get there all at once. You need to take one step at a time. You need to persevere. You need to hang in there. And the way you hang in there is to take individual steps of obedience to God. And so, God calls you today to be a doer of His Word by being a doer of a work. Just take that one step of obedience to Him. Now, as we finish, I'm going to ask you a question. Don't answer it out loud. Uh, don't answer it for me, but answer it for your own benefit. What is your attitude toward the Word of God? Really? What is it? We've spoken today of two options. The only two options, really. Indifference or obedience. And God has warned you about the serious dangers of indifference to His life-giving Word. Indifference is deception. It's like playing make-believe in a dangerous situation. It's like me sitting on the Northway and saying, I don't believe in trucks. They can't hurt me. Indifference is dangerous. And at best, it will produce temporary relief. You receive the Word of God when it's convenient for a short time, and then you go away and you forget about it. But Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. And God calls you today to eagerly put his word into practice, 
to continually make a habit of doing what He commands in His Word. And then you can be assured of His blessing. And so to put the Word of God into action, what must you do? You must learn what God requires. And then, like the Nike slogan, just do it. You look intently, investigate, learn, and then become a doer of the Word. Follow through. Put it into practice. Be a doer of the Word by persevering as a doer of individual acts of obedience. Father, we pray that you would help us, your people. We thank you that you have drawn us together. And we thank you for your life-giving word, uh, the word which speaks the words of eternal life, which point us to the eternal word himself, who gives life by his own uh, grace and mercy to us. And so we pray, O oh Lord, that you would give us a uh, holy, reverent fear for you, a respect and honor for you, and so that we would honor your word, and then not only that we would know what you require or what you want us to do, but then by your grace you would enable us to do it. So help us to live up to what we know, to put into practice the things which you have taught and are teaching us. We thank you that we do not rely on our own performance but on your grace for our eternal salvation. But we pray, O oh Lord, that you would help us live like the children of God. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.